That's great. Here we go. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is oh. Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast. This is the greatest music podcast you'll ever hear in your entire life. This is the one where we uh, oh. we get into our fearless beer review. We get into our vinyl pickups. We, and that leads into our songs of the week. And then we get into some new music, new music and other happenings in the music world. And my name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away. Way out there in the ether is Jeff. Uh, go to iTunes. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Now, Jeff, uh, let's just jump right into our fearless beer review. What do you got, dude? You are not how how are you not ready for this? Like I, I even told you, I you can't even hear me. You can't even hear me. I but I told you, you beforehand, you. go get your beer, and you're like, no, I'm I'll just it right now. I have it right now. It's in my hand. I'll just go get it while the song. Sometimes playing. when but the song plays, I groove along to it. I forget to do stuff because I'm just like, you know, bob my head. I got my arms out like I'm Egyptian style, like ding, 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 ding. And I forgot. But I got one. <laughs> All right, I got one. Good, 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 Jeez. good. Then what do you got? What uh, do you got? I have an imperial pastry style. I think I've had this on the pod before because. Um, possible. This is just one I got from like a, a the, the old subscription that I had, Taver, for a while. I got a mm-hmm. ton of beers, and I just haven't had this one. I haven't drank this one yet. It's been buried in the fridge behind a bunch of, you know, B2Ls, Coors Lights, all the good stuffs. Um, Nasty. But, yeah, this is, uh, this is I think it's called Fortress Forest A. A? Is, it, is there really an A at the end? Yeah, this is like, well, I don't even know what the <laughs> hell that says. Maybe Forja? Foriga? I don't know. Foriga? It's all cursive. Who? Why? Why do people write in cursive? It's so dumb. Cursive is so dumb. It is dumb. It's dumb. It's that's dumb. Yeah, it's an imperial pastry stout with the uh, a ridiculous amount of specialty malts. So okay. uh, that's pretty good. There's a little tag here. It says, "Think globally, forage locally, live humbly, um, and drink adventurously." Clever, clever people at that brewery. But but think globally reminds me of Google Bordello. Yeah. So yeah, I got locally, fuck globally. <laughs> I, I got uh, I got a, I got an imperial pastry stout. What percent is this? It's probably like a thousand percent, maybe. Is it is it expired? Oh no, with stouts you can you can age them. They're meant to be aged, right? Oh yeah. So I mean, because you probably had it for a while if you got it from that subscription service, because that was a long time ago. Yeah, this is at least six months. Yeah, I oh. guess it's fine. It's fine with stouts. Oh, is it okay if I drink this? What? Is it okay oh, if you're I drink this? No, I'm talking to you. Oh, why are you talking to me about it? Because you you said it. Why wait, are you asking? Well, me? I don't know. Are you like worried about my well being or something? Well, yeah, I'm afraid you're gonna get sick. Uh, I don't. I don't need you getting sick in the pods, in the pod. In the so pods. then we'd have to start all over on another day. In the pods, the pods. Another day, another, day, right. another dollar. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, I have had this. Uh, 
You have had it. Okay, so well, this one I don't think I've had. This one uh, comes from Carl Strauss Brewery uh, down in San Diego, and uh, this one is called Boat Shoes IPA. Boat Shoes. Got this one in a can. Uh, I think this is leftover from a party we had not too long ago. And uh, yeah, so I just I've found it in the fridge and uh, hope that it's mine. And if not, then I owe somebody in the house a beer. But uh, th- like I said, this is a hazy. Well, this is actually a hazy IPA, uh, seven point two ABV, and uh, yeah, it just there's I, I got nothing else on this one. I, I got mine open. I got mine poured. Uh, it's like the kind of the kind of malts used are pale two row white wheat. The hops used are Pacifica, Simcoe, Mosaic, Peco, Galaxy, and the adjuncts, whatever the fuck that means, is uh, rolled oats. IBU is 59. Your IBU, IBU is probably two. So, <laughs> right? Is that, that I assume it's pretty dark, right? The, the, the SRM, you mean? Is that the... Oh yeah, that's right. I'm not the IPU. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, it's okay. You can you can you can be stupid. That's fine. This is um, <laughs> this <laughs> the, the brewery is called Humble Forager Brewery, but they write in curses. I can't fucking read it. And they're they're, they're from I'm not even gonna pronounce it. They're from Wisconsin. Wa- Wanaki 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 W A U N A K E E Wanaki. Wanaki? I would say Wanaki. 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 Wanaki, Wisconsin. Yeah, with the accent. Dumb name for Don't city. Don't you know? That's a lot of dumb names in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, what's, where, I don't even so. know what the fuck Wisconsin is. It's above uh, Illinois, just north of Illinois. One of my old uh, coworkers slash friend slash guy I talked to once a year, he moved to Arkansas. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, I don't know where the fuck Arkansas is either. It's one of those states. Mean? It's over in that Oklahoma area, but I, I don't know. Like, unless you show, like, on a map, I could pinpoint it because I know the shape of it. Yeah. But other than that, if 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 you were like, what what states border Arkansas? I I would just guess like Oklahoma, and that's about it. I don't know where the fuck Arkansas is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it, you at least know where it's at and what it looks like, so that's all you need. The general and area, just, and just know the capital. Capital is easy. But it's it's just one so, of those states that like who gives a fuck about Arkansas? Eh, it's, it's true. My family's from Arkansas. Oh, well, so, that, I, did that. I say who gives a fuck about Arkansas? I mean, I love <laughs> Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> My grandma was raised on a cotton farm in Arkansas. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's are uh, you ready to to tink it? <laughs> Actually, wait that one real quick, real quick. What? That reminds me, like in, in elementary school, we had to do like projects on on a state, and I my state was South Dakota. Fucking and, boring. Well, that's what I I was all mad about. And I came home because I you know I wanted like California or New York, bro, or Texas. Yeah. So I told my dad <laughs> about it, and I was like, Yeah, I got South Dakota, man. It sucks. I'm like South Dakota is so stupid. I was, like, I was I was born and raised in South Dakota. I was like, Oh, <laughs> how did you not know that? <laughs> I don't know because this is such a stupid state. Like it just went out my short term memory. I mean, the Mount Rushmore is in in uh, Arkansas. I mean, in South Dakota, so that's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, I, I found. I've always out wanted to go there in like fourth grade or fifth grade. So, but yeah, so yeah that was I thought that was funny because I'm from born and raised in South Dakota. Well, well, <laughs> that explains it. What douchebag kid you were? Huh? Were uh, was is still. Still is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. still a douchebag kid. That's you. All right. Now you ready to tink it? Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. 
man. Oh, man. Got my, my mustache there. Wow. Damn. What do you got for... Okay, so what, what do you got for your stout? Nasty stout. This is... Uh, so looking on the tap, this is 12%. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, so it's... Uh, no, it's it's good. Like it's it's definitely good. It's it's very full. It's very syrupy. There's a lot of residue in the back of my throat, and um, but I'm gonna, I'm about to sip this one a little bit. Because yeah, because I've really eaten today, so I'm you know too much of this while I get too crazy too fast. <laughs> how, how big of a bottle is it? Is it twelve? It's a sixteen. This is not oh, okay. massive, it's but not, it's still a lot for a twelve percent. Yeah, that'll definitely get you tipsy. Yeah, for Fast. sure. God, it sounds terrible. It sounds so bad. It's not terrible. <laughs> so what? So what kind of taste? What does it taste like? What is it? I mean, so like it's it it says it's brewed with coconuts, hazelnut, coffee, vanilla beans, and, and cacao nibs. Mm-hmm. But it's a type of coconut that I like. It's like that kind of like more fake coconut taste, not like an actual coconut water taste. Oh yeah. yeah. So I, I I dig that. I do taste that. It's very very minimal. I'm getting mostly like the hazelnut and the vanilla. I don't really okay. get any coffee here, but this is good, man. This is really good. All right. So we have a three-point rating system where three is a perfect beer. Two is a good beer you're going to continue to drink. One is a bad beer, but you should give it a try. And uh, zero is a drain pour. So what do you give your uh, your your stout? Well, I mean, do you uh, did you... Do you want to talk about your beer first? You want to give my rating, and then you can talk about your beer, and then you can give your rating. What I do you mean, want to do? It's whatever you want to do. This is your pod. This is this is two point five right now. I'm, I'm gonna see how it tastes <laughs> when it warms up a little bit. Go from okay. there, and it'll probably get way worse. So oh, probably drop like down that. to it too. I think the coffee usually, will come, come out when it gets warmer. Normally, with stouts in you, you, you you'll get like we'll get halfway through the main pod, and you're like, dude, this is like a drain pour. This is disgusting. That's happened like ten times only. Well, it's <laughs> ten too many times, but okay. So uh, my uh, my boat shoes hazy IPA from Carl Strauss. This one is really good. It's I was very surprised because Carl Strauss they always make just good beers. There's nothing that's ever blown me away, but this one is pretty pretty damn close to blowing me away. This is this is a lot of like orangey taste to it. It's super smooth, not not a ton of not super hoppy. It's a well rounded hazy IPA, and I'm. I am a aficionado of uh, the hazies. So. That's true. So yeah, this is really good. Wow, that's that's good. I'm. I might have to give this a perfect a perfect three. Damn. This is. I'm really digging this hazy. This is Damn. solid shit. So yeah, that's good. That's good, man. That Damn. is. And it just and it looks so tasty. It's that perfect hazy color, hazy beer color. Man, forget about it. <laughs> so good. Okay. All right, <laughs> all right. So yeah, th- that's our fearless beer review. Let's um, let's just jump into the uh, vinyl pickups, um, and that leads into our songs of the week. And we probably have a lot because we went two weeks w- without doing the segment. So, what do you got? I I I cut mine down to ten, and then anything else that I listen to later on, I'll talk about next week. Okay, because I don't I don't think I'm going to buy a whole lot of vinyls this week. Eh, makes sense. Same here. <laughs> so. Uh, first thing, first and foremost, I, I want to talk about Gigolo Tony. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Gigolo Let's Tony is this hip hop thing that we both picked up. We we just, there was two <laughs> records. We each picked one and yeah. 
like the covers were just terrible. They looked awful, and it just looked like like southern hip hop, but from what I thought was like the early '90s. So I thought it was just going to be really bootleg gangster rap, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't at all. It was like this electro late '80s sounding hip hop, and it was so fucking good. It was so fantastic. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mine was too. Mine was great. Absolutely great. I, they're probably pretty similar. Like, like mine just interpolated a lot of, like, like respect. R E S P C E C T song. A lot of really big songs like that, and then they just rapped over them, and then kind of in like will like Fresh Prince style, really goofy, mm-hmm. really lighthearted, and it kind of um, it kind of brought like the goofiness of the eighties hip hop into like the nineties, and it, it kind of like bridged the decade. It was really cool. Mine was more. Uh, mine was more electro. It wasn't. I didn't hear a lot of a lot of samples from stuff that I recognized at least. Uh, but it was goofier, and it was it was a little more electronic based than I thought it was going to be, which was cool. I, I I dug that. I don't I don't know if I sh- could attribute that to like that area of hip hop or f- of like Florida, but because I, I, I don't I don't know enough about hip hop, but it was really good. I dug my I dug my copy a lot too. So definitely not going to purge it. It was it was and enough. I think, I think the guy at Grace even made fun of us, or he he made a comment about us buying two two of these records. <laughs> he so. he said you guys really digging the gigolo today. <laughs> I was like, yeah, because he, he had just put them out or something. And there's seven bucks, and that's you know that's mm-hmm. that was it was a good pickup. It's it was uh, yeah. it was fun. So I'll be looking out for this. And I guess like the the guy gigolo Tony, he released a song called like Smurf Rock or what some some type of Smurf thing, and it was very electro, like a like a club hit. And I guess it was a big hit in in that area of. Florida, wherever they're, wherever he's from. Yeah. And I guess it was like a really big hit, but then he just like disappeared and, and Gigolo Tony never really did anything else afterwards. But I think now he's trying to get back into the game. And the person that wrote the article that I was reading was trying to like push for Gigolo Tony to hook up with somebody from the West coast because I guess like the rap scene in that area of Florida is not what it used to be. And I think he would do better in the West coast. So it was kind of yeah. like a push for Gigolo Tony to make a comeback you know 25 but years later i feel like it's so it's so past that it's so of its time i feel like putting something out now would just be i don't know just would be kind of dumb just let it be in the past and let it sit Dude, Gigolo tony making know. a comeback though mm. i mean i'll be the first one to buy his record <laughs> but uh, but you know he should he should just stay you know in that era of hip-hop i think silly to make a comeback i think he works as like a groundskeeper at some like school where he grew up in some some area mm. that, he, that he's been in like his whole life so it's kind of i don't know it's kind of cool like just to see these to these the, these records that we listen to and know that the people behind it are just normal normal plain old peoples like us <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's cool ah it was so good that, that it was, was good a, that was a good pickup um the mm-hmm. next thing i bought the day you left or the day before you left? The Boxcar Racer? That was the day before you left. Yeah. Yeah, right? it was the day before I left. Yeah, I bought Boxcar Racer, BCR's BCR. Um, it was good. I mean, I no complaints here. I bought. I mean, f- you love the record. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good. It's it's fantastic. So, it's, you know, whatever. It sounds great. I think it's, I think it's fine. I just wanted to mention that. I, I really don't have anything. I don't have a lot to say about it. It's just. Yeah, because, I mean, we'll eventually do it on the pod. We have to. Yeah. So, do we ever do it orig- uh, originally on the old format? I don't think we did. I don't think we did either, which is weird. Hmm. 
does. It is very strange. Maybe because every time we like we do a, a side project, we always you know plus forty four, then transplant, and then we would do angels and airwaves. Yeah, we always left boxcar out of it. But boxcar, like, oh man, they're so good. I'm gonna add them to the list right now, so we don't forget. It's it's my de- extensive list. It's definitely good. It's definitely great. There are times on it though when I just think like, okay, this is kind of lame. This song's whatever. Dude, this song's alright. <sighs> Get out of here, man! You're such a fucking Hater. It makes no sense. And then putting Mike Mark like almost dead last is just like, oh, <laughs> I might even have him on if you're just gonna do that. Like, that's a good song though. It's a fantastic song. That's a that's a that's a side one or side two track one two or three song. It's mm-hmm. essentially the last song before the instrumental, and it's just like, yeah, why even do it then? Like if you're just gonna shove him in the back corner, why even do it? Get out of here. Well, I'm happy that it is there because I do like that song, regardless of where it is. Sequencing wise, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> so uh, good. This this next one I got from you. It was a Dwayne Allman and Greg Allman thing that mm, we didn't yes, quite yes, know yes. what it was. Yes. So even I didn't know this until I, I listened to this. But I guess there was this group called their their name was thirty the thirty first of February. Wow, what a dumb name! So dumb. But they. they <laughs> One of the guys from 31st of February eventually was in the Almond Brothers. I think it was Trucks, the, the one of the drummers. But mm-hmm. they needed like more people. It was just like a trio. So Dwayne and Greg joined and kind of like took it over. You know, Dwayne joining and, and essentially taking over all guitar abilities and then Greg joining and taking over vocals. And so that left just like the drummer, the bass player. And the other guy that was in there who normally did vocals and guitar was kind of now like the, the third man in the group. And so the, the album that you got me, Dwayne and Greg is technically like demos before the Almond brothers really formed, but they're demos okay. of that band 31st of February. So it's almost like a compilation of demos and B sides that weren't ever released for that band. But then some of that stuff was taken and re-recorded, reimagined, and then used for the Almond brothers. Huh? And it ended up being really good or what? Yeah, no, it's fucking great. It's so good. Dwayne Allman is just that style. Like he owns that fucking, that Southern rock style. It's just mm-hmm. anything in, under that umbrella, he owns it. It's, it's, he's, it's, he's it. It's it. You don't need nobody else. Yeah, agreed. agreed. So he good. is one of the best. He is the best. <laughs> he is the best. Yeah, he's one of the best. Yeah. Tyler. He is one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. Another one I got. Um, <laughs> this one was you brought these over. We the 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 lot that we bought. Um, I pulled two out. Rick Wakeman. Oh, the big lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rick Wakeman. Um, one of the, one of the keyboardists for Yes. Not a, not a long time keyboardist, but he he did some he did some key work. But I got mm-hmm. his second album, Six Wives of Henry the Eighth. It's good. It's all right. It sounds like his stuff with Yes. I'll probably purge it. But then his his next one, his third <laughs> album. 1974 it's called journey to the center of the earth based off of the 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 book the novel journey Mm -hmm. to center of the earth um this is a live one that he did with an orchestra and this is coming off another orchestra one that i listened to that i did not like but this one was a fucking banger i was thinking of of keeping that one but then I, i i don't know i don't know why i think that the orchestra turned me off so i just i didn't i didn't care for it 
it. I see this like all the time too used for like three and three dollar bins, four dollar bins and Yeah, it's always cheap. So is the the other one, the the Six Wives of Henry Henry the Eighth. Yeah. That one I see everywhere too. Did I was more excited for the for the Six Wives because that was just like an earlier one and I and I thought like oh, I just want to hear like his early stuff before he was in yes, see what it sounds like and then after he was in whatever, but like during the end of the years, it's cool. It's essentially two tracks, each it's just one side one, side two, and then it's separated into kind of like two parts per side. So you got the journey, recollection, and then side two is the battle, and then the ending of the forest. So it's like a story, and it really tells a story. Like musically, there there are themes that you hear, and, and side two, you know, fifteen minutes in, you're like, oh, I remember that riff, that melody from like side one. I know where they're mm-hmm. going. I get it. It's kind of like, it's a it's a good cohesive concept, and hmm. the way it was produced too. It was it was much longer, and they had to cut off like twenty minutes to to fit it on a on a on a record, and the label wanted him to to hire a bunch of like well known musicians, A and M at the time, and and he was like yeah. he's like no, I want I want the music to I want people to focus on just the music, I don't want to hire a bunch of people that are well known. Cause then if it sucks, then it's like, it's going to ruin it all the whatever. There's gonna be too much expectations for something. I mm-hmm. want the music to speak to. So he hired a bunch of guys that he used to play with at a bar. Like every Thursday night, he used to just jam at some <laughs> random bar and with like the same guys, he would just jam with them like year after year. And he hired those guys to be on this fucking album. That's so cool. That is <laughs> so, so cool. So like this album, is just a bunch of like kind of nobodies. And they produce something that just blends orchestrals and actual band music perfectly mm-hmm. together. Unlike the Deep Purple that you had. No, I'm talking about that one next. Okay. <laughs> um, did you? Oh, what was I just going to ask? Fuck. Oh man, damn it. Yeah, why you fucked that one up? Ah, I did. But this is cool, man. So if, if you see okay. this, you should definitely pick it up because you can probably get it for like three dollars, and it's definitely worth three dollars. So it is, so it is uh, the band's music with an orchestra because I, I I was under the impression it was just an orchestra, I thought it was just like going to be like the the keyboards with like like synthesizers with an orchestra. No, there's there's yeah. drums, there's there's electric guitars, okay. there's bass guitars. Okay, yeah, because I was definitely turned off by that. But oh, I, I remember what I was going to ask: Are there uh, vocals on it? Yeah, at all? Oh, there are. Okay, yes. Okay, and they're kind of in that. How, what does it sound like? It sounds like something. I, I don't know. It's kind of in that prog rock of the early to mid 70s. Like they're not really mm-hmm. singing. It's just kind of like yeah. talking a little bit. I don't know. It's cool. I get it. It's get it's, it. it's pretty tight. It's pretty tight. All right. So then what, what's the other one? The bad one? The bad record that you got? Yeah. So I, I, I got two deep purples. I got um, uh, Who Do We Think We Are? And then, which is good. And then, But then the one I really want to talk about is the, it's, the concerto for group and orchestra. It's their their album that they did with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, and mm-hmm. I was I was I don't know, man. I didn't know what to think. I just thought like because after we did Deep Purple, and we realized how hard these guys rock and how actually really good <laughs> these guys could be. I just yeah, I, for I thought, all, yeah. I thought there's no way. And then and then like you always talk about the Metallica thing and how they barely did it. And I said, well, if they can fucking barely do it, like these guys, I don't know. There's just no way. They're not they're not technical enough. And <laughs> they weren't. Like this was awful. This was so stupid. I didn't I couldn't even finish it. This was so bad. That's it was, dude, it was almost like it was almost like there was a conductor there 
and he would point at Deep Purple and they'd play something and then he'd point at the orchestra and then they'd play something and then he'd tell them to that's stop terrible. and then point back and it's like this doesn't mix at all this is fucking yeah, that's, awful that's terrible it was, was uh, is, is it a double album? no okay that's good no yeah Fuck. that's a bummer I, was, I mean that's probably why nobody's ever, or I've never heard of it and you had never heard of it heard of it until recently because it's terrible it's stupid but. and then like it, it it's a gatefold cover and much like the 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 picture on the on the cover if you open the gatefold it's just a picture of an empty of the of the wherever it was recorded the royal albert hall probably i don't know where the fuck it was recorded but it's it's um you know it was a royal albert hall it's it's a picture of that completely empty and then the guys from deep purple are sitting like in the stands like third row up mm. just kind of like you know, nonchalant, casual. They got their arms up, their feet up. <laughs> it's so lame, dude. It's and you so know they look. Lame. You know they thought that they looked so cool, and so they, the yeah, they probably they probably asked if the people to take like a thousand pictures. <laughs> and this was this was before. So this was before like 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 uh, Fireball, the one that we did. This was before Deep yeah. Purple and Rock. This was before Machine Head. This was nineteen seven or nineteen sixty nine even. So this is so this is is it the Gillian era. Yeah, they they only had three. They only had three albums out by this time. They just had the one, two, and then their their self titled Yeah, but that was with their first singer, their original singer. The yeah, so so wait, who sang on this one? No, it was it was Ian Gillian. Was it right? No, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, but then he there was none of his music that was played then, right? No, I guess not. That's weird. That's I don't, weird. That's really weird. What then? Why would he join? A band, and then the <laughs> next thing they do is do a, a fucking symphony. live album, like <laughs> a live symphonic album like that. Yeah, that's fucking weird. Now, that's, okay, cause, now because th- that makes Deep Purple more and sense Rock now. was the first one. It's the first one he did. It's the first Gillian record, right? Yeah, that's their f- fourth record. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Fireballs. So are yeah, fifth. if it was before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now I feel kind of bad though because that's. Dude, that's like some huge shoes to fill. That's like when we auditioned uh, Freddie for our first band, remember? Oh, God. And, yeah. we're, and, we were, and we were just like, all right, we're going to play something, and you just sing. Just sing. <laughs> it's like, dude, you can't like, you can't put me on the spot like that. That's not yeah, fair. That was, that was sad. So, yeah, okay, maybe. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to listen to this again. But if I did listen to it again, I would listen to it in the mindset of there's no way Ian Gillian could, could pull this off because that's, that's not fair. Yeah, it's not. Not at all. But it's shit, go. so I'm not gonna let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm so I'm so uninterested in that. Like I don't I would never even I don't know, I'm so <laughs> skeptical of of symphonies. I, I feel like the only band that did it really well was Mahavishnu. With that, that one that one record symphony record they did, which I was very apprehensive about, but it ended up being really good. I didn't even like that one. I traded you didn't I, like that I, one? I traded that one to Sloan, yeah. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, I thought you liked it. Uh, no. Oh, you son of a bitch. Nope. What a bitch. Okay. So what else you got? Um, let's see here. Dick Hyman, Moon Gas. Oh, oh, you finally listened to it. Gassy, uh, Gassy on the Moon, Mr. Dick Hyman. This is his like <laughs> fucking millionth album from the sixties. Yeah. <laughs> but this is um, so I want to preface this by saying. Nothing on this album is is like historic. Nothing here is like truly memorable. But like through and through, this is a banger. This is a yes. This is like a. Is. This is not like the best thing he's ever done, but this is the best of 
everything else that he's done. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, like if you categorize his stuff into teams, this is like the best of the B team. You think so? I, I think Moongas is his best thing. I mean, I haven't heard everything he's done, and but out of the records I have, this, it's my favorite for sure. To be fair, I, too, I, I, I've only listened to two, and and just reading about him and what he did for jazz and big band and and movies and theme songs and things like that and synthesizers in general. Like he was the one yeah. with the Moog. He was the one who who took the that that synthesizer to the next level. And I don't know. He's he what he is revolutionary. I mean, and, and nobody knows who the fuck he is. It's sad. This is really this is just a, it's a good fucking album. It's just through and through. It's it's easy listening. It's like loungy, yeah. but not Martin Denny annoyingness. Dude, it's, Martin Denny is not annoying. Like I don't know what is wrong uh, with your head. Well, mm, he can be annoying. I, I already purged a couple of Martin Denny's in my collection. Any of them that I wait? What did you What did you purge? I purged. I only kept. Is Quiet Exotica, Village the most iconic one? No, Exotica is. Okay, so I, I kept Exotica for sure. And then I think it's Quiet Village. Like some girl's poking through like bamboo. She's looking through yeah, bamboo. Yeah, yeah, that's Quiet Village. And I, I, yeah. I had two other ones. I don't remember what they were. Something like maybe Latin Village. Does that sound familiar? I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Latin Village and one. then another one that I purged. But I kept I kept Exotica and uh, Quiet Village. As long as you you kept those two, I'm happy. I do, I do, I do enjoy that music. I do like this lounge style music. I do like Martin Denny. It just come on, dude. At times, it can be fucking annoying. Dude, I've never been annoyed listening <laughs> to Martin Denny. Never, I've never been annoyed listening to him. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, like he's cute. the most, he was the most relaxing band I've ever listened to. Just not nothing wrong with him. Nothing wrong with him. You know what's like super irritating is when you're talking about music with somebody and and you talk about like like if you were to bring that up to, I don't know somebody who's annoying. I don't want to mention any names in case they listen, but if you're like, yeah, I, I listen to Martin Denny to realize, I, fuck, fuck it, I'll say Renee. R- Renee does this shit and it pisses me off. <laughs> okay. like, like she'll come in and, and I'll be listening to some like jazz thing or what something. Even Martin Denny, she's like, what is this? I'm like, it's just relaxing. It's nice. Like, what do you listen to relax? I listen to like as Lady Diana relax. It's just like, oh my god, dude. Okay, fine. Ugh. It's the like, end of that conversation. Yeah, like that type of person, you know. Like that's yeah. that's super irritating. And Renee is definitely that type of person. Hip hop and then like uh, metalcore. That's it. That's her, that's her that name of her game. What a combination. Okay, uh, drifting off. Let's get into Daft Punk. I got Daft Punk again. Finally, super excited. All right. right, right, right. Yeah, right, right. I mean, I'm not as excited as you are about it because I'm not a big Daft Punkman, but. So yeah, I got I I, I I picked up two I picked up Discovery which is probably their most their most iconic I don't know if it's their most popular I think it's their most iconic it's kind of what like propelled Daft Punk into history as far as electronic music goes I think their most popular mm-hmm. is their most recent uh, Random Access Memories but when, um, when did that come out That was like 2015 ish and that's their most popular I think so because that that one oh. that was like the first one they did. With uh, outside musicians, that that has like um, that Pharrell song, "Get Lucky." Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. 2013 yeah. that came out, but I, I think Damn, that's I think that's their most like popular. Just the, I don't know. It's it's just because just because of like how many people were on it and, and you know whatever. But but mm-hmm. um, I, I listened to Discovery and then I listened to Random Access Memories again just to see if I wanted to keep it. I'm not going to keep Random Access Memories. Just because I didn't like it really when it came out. I didn't like it again a couple of years ago when I listened to it. 
and I, I think it's okay. So I'm going to purge that one. I'm not keeping that one. I'm going to sell okay. that one. But I am keeping Discovery because Discovery is, is hands down my favorite Daft Punk album. And I got rid of my copy to get that Bayside one. That, that Oh, that's right, yeah. Remember? And I was, I was super stoked because I was like, dude, Daft Punk, don't fucking don't repress it. Easy, no problem. No, got another one. Dude, that's yeah, for God like is good, cheap. right? Dirt yeah. cheap. That's what I'm saying. So, so, so Discovery is their second album. That that's got all the bangers, dude. One more time, like that is a killer fucking song. That is a good song. It that, is a good one. Oh my! I think besides like Technologic, I think my favorite Daft Punk song is One More Time. But then I have Technologic. I have the single. I have the single of Technologic. So whatever. why? Because it's so fucking good. And the Chemical Brothers do a, 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 a remix of Technologic, and it's even like yeah. better than their version. It's unbelievable. It's so good. Is, <laughs> is, the, is the single a 12-inch, or is it a 7-inch? No, it's a 12-inch. You know, oh, it's like man, you... 25 minutes long. <laughs> is it? No, it's not that no, long. No, it's like 7 minutes long. <laughs> even that's a long, that, that's a long song. I think, I think, yeah. I think in, in, in regards to like electronic music, I just like realized this in my mind right now. I was thinking, I think in electronic yeah. music all singles come in 12 inches because there's always at least a remix, but more so it's because like DJs, they're, they're going to use it to, to blend, to scratch, to, yeah, you know what I mean? So I don't think they, they ever, ever made a seven inch like single for electronic. That, music. I, that's true. I didn't really think about it because it would look really weird if they were trying to scratch a seven inch. Look really stupid. Dude, that would, so. now, <laughs> now I really want to <laughs> see if any DJs like incorporate seven inches into their set because that would be so cool. Because so if you think rad. about it, if you think about it, all like the singles from the sixties and seventies, those are all seven inches. Yeah, all, all seven inches. But then it, it's not until hip hop where I feel like you didn't start seeing the twelve inch, the twelve inch singles until then. That makes perfect sense. Damn. So like, not only was hip hop like the creators of the twelve inch single, but also kind of like the creators of like the DJ because they were the creators of the DJ really. Yeah. But then also like electronic music. Electronic music would not have happened had it not been for hip hop. That's kind of cool. And you know what's even... I, I just thought about this too. So like when, when DJing first was starting to come up, they must... I mean, they, they had to have like been playing like a full-length record. So say they were, they were playing Sgt. Pepper's, but they only needed one, one section of uh, fucking... I don't know, of the benefit of Mr. Kite. So they have to like put the, put the needle the like right in the right spot. What I, I just I don't know. That was the only thing that immediately came to that's my mind. That's the fucking song you picked. Okay, that was the only. I don't know, but you, but you know what I mean. It's like yeah. doing a full length record and finding that that clip to to sample and just to to like spin. It must have been so fucking annoying in the early days. Well, you know what guys would do, so but like so so when when DJs would first do that because you're right that there was no twelve inches twelve inch singles back then. So what they would do is they would use one of two things. They would use crayon. And they would just essentially mark the record with crayon where they mm-hmm. wanted to put. So after the crayon mark is where you want to drop the needle, or they use yeah. tape, much like when you use like a like like a, a pilot bit, like a like a drill bit. You put a little yeah. tape on there to see how far you, how deep into whatever you're drilling you want to go. They would put a little bit of tape on the record so they know that right after the tape or right before the tape is when they need to drop the needle or pick up the needle. So that's what that's what a lot Damn. of guys would do when they're DJing before the twelve inch single had arrived. See, I didn't know that, but. Damn, that's pretty cool. But then, way to ruin your record too, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I guess mean, it this, doesn't matter. This was a time when when it wasn't you know like, like records were were on the out, and and new yeah, digital media was kind of coming in. So well, the CDs were coming in yeah. at that point, or tape or tapes were. I'm sorry, 
eight tracks, tapes, and then the very, very beginnings of CD. So this is like well before nostalgia culture, and yeah, so yeah, the fuck, they don't care. Uh it's so it's so aggravating. You'll you'll I see people online who've been collecting for since the '80s or whatever, and they everybody always talks about how the '90s were like the golden years of collecting vinyl, because everybody was getting rid of it everybody so you could just pick up the the most expensive right which are expensive now the most expensive stuff back then for nothing for literally nothing because people were just throwing them away that it boggles my mind like fuck man the 90s were the best i just that shit and i don't think it'll ever because like we talked about it like a week or two ago like like this this vinyl bubble is gonna have to burst at some point there's there's gonna have to be Mm -hmm. a downslide but it's never gonna be like that it'll it'll because our, our culture no. is so nostalgic for things because life right now sucks apparently for everybody. So like nostalgic culture is very, <laughs> very high. So it'll, it'll never yeah. get back to like that, which sucks. No, you're totally right. Totally right. It's aggravating. Very, very aggravating. Okay. What? Um, oh, yeah. Right, so I, I, got, got? I, I got some more. I got some more. Stop distracting me. Um, Sorry, I can't help it. I got a couple Violent Femmes. I, I got the Violent Femmes that you brought me, Blind Leading the Naked. That's her third or fourth album? Yeah, their fourth because the third yeah, album's called true. Three. That's her fourth album. Um, it sucks because this is a really, really good album, but I have another Violent Femmes album that I'm going to just overshadow it with. So it just okay. so happened that I had already ordered another Violent Femmes, but it was shipping from like, I don't know, fucking Russia or something. And it finally came after a month. And why do birds sing? That's that's my my personal favorite Violent Femmes album. This is their fifth one. I think we did this one on the pod, right? We did the old. We did it on the old uh, the old format. I'm going to add this one to the new format because I just it's just it's unbelievable. This is their mm-hmm. fifth album. This is the last one with their original drummer uh, Victor De Lorenzo, and it's just this is very very stripped down alt rock or folk rock. And it really showcases all sides of the femmes. It's it's quirky songwriting, very strong harms, killer rhythm section that has like this weird busking on a street corner vibe. And mm-hmm. like there's a lot of acoustic bass because Brian Ritchie predominantly plays like the acoustic. Like if you listen to all the old Violent Femme songs, like the bigger ones, you realize that he's playing acoustic bass. And then you oh, also yeah, yeah. realize that Vic DiLorenzo, he plays this, this minimalist drum kit which is essentially just a snare, and then I guess what's called a transiophone, which is just what, a what's that? It's just a metal bucket upside down over a tom, like a floor tom, a big fat floor tom. Oh, okay. And then you hit it with steel brushes, and like the more you listen to the Violent Femmes, you you realize like, dude, this guy is only doing variation of drum rolls, and like that is it. <laughs> there's no yeah. cymbals, there's no hi hats. It's just like that is it. And when they first started, like that's how they started was they're on a street corner busking for money, just trying to get big and like all acoustic stuffs. And it worked. It worked for them. They wrote some great songs. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. This is, this is like, not only is this like my favorite Violent Femmes album, but I also have a lot of nostalgia attached to this album because one of the guys that was kind of, um, when me, Joe and Ronald, my neighbors, when we were kids, we, when we started our, our first like band, we started jamming together at like 14, 15. Our neighbor across the street, we called him Banjo Dave because he played the banjo. And he yeah. was, dude, he was always so supportive of us. Like, he was always so positive. And he was just like, like you guys been practicing? And we were like, yeah. He's like, oh, badass, man. I hope to hear you guys one day. And he was always just like so fucking nice. 
and he gave me the CD of the Violent Femmes, Why Do You Birds Sing? And it was signed by all three of the guys, Victor De Lorenzo, oh, Brian so Ritchie, cool. and Gordon Gano. Signed by all three. He had to take this, dude. And then he also hooked us up with his, his old drum set, and he gave it to us for free just so we could practice on. And it yeah. was just, he was so supportive. And so, like, this, this album was really, even though we never played this type of, like, folk or alt-rock, this was very um, formative in my, you know, this was very important in my formative years. Yeah. So it, it was, makes sense, dude. And, and I paid I paid like thirty five bucks for it, and it's like a used copy. Damn, I know that is so much for you. And I, I can't believe you bought overseas because every time I see, it, it's always like fifty five dollars. And then this one was forty five be, or thirty five because like the price sticker that was originally on it, someone had ripped it off. And so on mm-hmm. the jacket, there's like a big old fucking thing. Oh, yeah, that's a shame. It was a big old blemish. Yeah. But the record plays fine, and I'm super happy with it. I listened to it four times this week, <laughs> so God I am damn. stoked, baby, through and through, dude. This is a perfect album, front to back. Uh, it's debatable. Easy peasy. Yeah. So, <clears throat> moving forward, this is all hip hop now. Um, okay. Cool. Kanye West. I got two albums. College Dropout. I listened to, and then my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. College Dropout. I forgot where I got this. I think I got this from like a like a a lot that I bought. Like, I got lucky you did. with this one. Yeah. Yeah. You got lucky with that one because I was mad. Cause I was going to use that as a trading tool, um, to take some of your records, but then yeah. you ended up getting it right before I came out to Arizona. So that's yeah. annoying. it's, it's his first album. It's, it's got my favorite Connie song, new workout plan. So it's, it's a good one. Um, but it's good, but I picked up my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. That's his fifth album. That's the one where he was like, in this self exile in Hawaii and people came to him to like record and shit. And it was really weird. This one's a banger, man. This is, this is my, this is my second favorite Kanye album. This is so fucking good. This is, I, this is like, I remember perfect, being really disappointed in that one. It, because when it's we, so, when we did the Kanye, when we did the Conway, Con, Conway. Yeah. When we did the Conway listen through, um, I was super disappointed in that one because one of my favorite Kanye songs is on that record. Which one? So, the monster song. Oh, I love that song. It's great. It's so good. So like, like this one's weird. I, I mean, I say it's my second. I think I ranked it third. I, I think I, I put Pablo as number two. Obviously, 808 is number crazy, one. Fucking crazy, dude. You're so stupid. It's just all of his like really proggy hip hop stuff is just like the best. And this one is so, the message overall is there. Like, like his mindset at the time, like his, his, his own questioning of his existence as a, as a hip hopper, as a, as a movie star, as a person, it's all here. And it's, mm-hmm. it's because this was, this was at a time when he was really weird in the media. Remember? And like people thought he was like, yeah, this he's always fucking been crazy. Weird. But this was like the apex of his weirdness. Like his people thought like he was legitimately crazy at this time and not just sad, Eccentric. like on 808s. Oh yeah. Yeah. So this is just, it's, I don't know, it, it's a glimpse into Kanye's, you know, for lack of a better phrase, is his, his beautifully dark, twisted mind. And it's, <laughs> it's fantastic. Nice. It's, it's so good. It, it starts off and it kind of takes you through this roller coaster. And even the song Runaway, which is probably one of his more, more popular songs, like, like Runaway doesn't come on until way later. And it's like 10 fucking minutes. And it just starts off with that, 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 that ding ding and it's over and over and it drones and this entire album is just very it's just very 
it's very long. It's very drawn out. It's, it takes its time with everything. Yeah, there's a lot of atmospheric parts. I remember that. Even on the even on the big song Monster, there's at the end of that song is very. Uh, it's very it it's drawn out for like a good minute minute and a half for like no reason. Dude, monsters, so, um, dude, monsters got like everybody on. Jay Z's on it. Fucking Nicki Minaj is on. Like monsters. That's, that I think that Nicki Minaj's verse is the best thing she's ever done. Like without a doubt, the best thing she's ever Damn. done. Her her verse her verse in that song is top notch. Cannot fuck with that. Anyway, so so that's a good one. two more things. One thing, this is a triple LP, but the album's only seventy minutes. But it's a triple LP because each side has like one or two fucking tracks. And that's annoying. It's so fucking long. Yeah, it's it's really so annoying. annoying. This could have been two LPs easy. So now I'm, I'm constantly having to get up. Just in is switch. it played at 45 or is it 33? No, it's still 33. Ah, that's really annoying. Yeah, so the people were complaining. People on, on wherever you look at for things like this. People complain that this could have been done on two LPs at 45 and so that's that's irritating. It's a cool like trifold, and then the uh, the front cover has like different inserts. I don't know if you if you remember, but like this album, but like this album has Blight. the the red the red cover, and it shows like Kanye pixelated with that woman. She's naked, like having sex, and it's whatever. But like there's different covers you can insert. You can take it out and put a different one in. There's like six different covers, hmm. so it's kind of cool. It's kind of interactive. It's a little fun. Yeah, that's kind of cool. But I got that this is. from the. I got this from that lot of the MF Doom stuff, so I was pretty pretty stoked about it because it goes for quite a bit of money, right? Yeah, the, my this specific one, the average price is like sixty bucks on Discogs. Fucking guy, and you got it for like three dollars. Well, it's, it, it, if I sell everything that I want to sell it for, that's it'll be free. <laughs> um, but the last thing here, oh, I hate it. The I last thing, it. the last thing before <laughs> my pick of the week, uh, MF uh. Doom, Operation Doomsday, his his first. <laughs> His first album after after KMD disbanded mm-hmm. and, and stopped being a thing, 1999. Like like up until we started doing this vinyl thing, MF Doom I never got into. Not because I didn't yeah. like it. I just I, I don't know. I just never really got. It. I never dove into that area of hip hop of that. that yeah. I don't know. I don't know for whatever reason it just never happened for me. But. This this was I, I was gonna purchase because I can sell this for a decent amount of money, but it's just too good. It's just too fucking good, and it has a very, to me, because this is coming after this, but this has a very thirty six chambers vibe to it. Oh that's, yeah, that's just because I, a I, lot of MF Doom does though. Yeah, but I mean that's just because I listened to thirty six chambers before this. Mm, okay. But that that type of that type of like really lo fi sampling, but the samples sound like shit. And there's just mm-hmm. there's just uh <laughs> dude, this this is such a banger. And I I just didn't know how how dark MF Doom could be. Mm-hmm. Because I thought the whole shtick of his face mask was just like a it was that that was it. It was like a shtick. And I didn't know until this week that his first group, the KMD group that he was in with his brother, his brother died when when his brother was like nineteen. And, oh shit! I didn't know that. And the reason, like the reason, or one of the reasons that KMD split up was because his brother died, and so MF Doom like fell into this deep depression and came out as MF Doom as the mask, and and he put okay. on this like persona of of like hiding himself because he was like homeless for a while and he was like super depressed, and so you know just here this album is 
It's fucked. This album is fucked. It is so crazy. It's dark, but it's sometimes like buried under these cartoon samples, like Hanna Barbera shit. Mm-hmm. And so you're listening to it, and, and his flow like ranges from being really fun and lighthearted. Then you hear like these Scooby Doo samples, but then you realize like, dude, this guy's like, like this guy needs help, man. Like this guy is crying for help already in 1999. And so like, the more you listen to it, I, I listened to this twice, two LPs. And mm-hmm. I just I was I was really blown away, and and we got we had bought the Mad Villainy record, and that was kind of like um, like okay I like MF Doom I want to start soaking it up now, and so this one I think is is like a must have. Not that I'm a big MF Doom fan, I don't know a lot of his music, I don't know all of his music, but mm-hmm. this one I think is is some of the most complex stuff dealing with life and death, like literally life and death that I've ever heard. This is this is some real shit, dude. I, I, everybody has always talked about them. And I remember the, these two guys I used to work with at Tower Records, Sean and Marlo, they used to be upset. I mean, they, they were super into, they were into a lot of stuff, but they were mostly into conscious hip hop. And so it was always like, anytime we, they would play music over the, the, the speakers and stuff, the system at the store, they would always play Wu-Tang. They would play MF Doom. They would play um, Mad Lib. They would play fucking Jay Dilla. They would just play like all this like conscious hip hop or like just like beats. And I, I remember that was like my introduction to all this music back in like 2006, 2005, whenever, whenever, whenever oh, 2006 when I worked there. And uh, yeah, so like I, dude, there was, this is like, I remember it hit them talking about like he was the best. Outside of Wu-Tang, MF Doom was the best. Couldn't fuck with him. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty damn cool. And I wish I would have got into him more years ago. And then I've always had friends over the years just always post about him online about his music and just how great he was. But it's like it's he's one of those characters, too, where like I know the character more than I know the music because he 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 marketed himself in such a great way that you just you recognize that that look everywhere. Did he market himself like in the best way. And then he hooked up with so yeah. many other famous producers, famous rappers. And then he even had like action figures, comic books. There's so many things that he did that were just out of the ordinary for people yeah. of, of this stature. And like, like you, know, like if Kanye West came out with like a toy, like fucking Travis Scott, right? He came out with like a toy and he was on a burger and like, that's just stupid. Yeah. But MF doom did it in a way that's, that's not, cheesy and not stupid it was a little more classy i guess yeah it wasn't know. it wasn't over the top it was well i mean his mask wasn't over the top but the cartoons at times could be over the top but it was fun it was it was almost childlike there was an innocence almost to it like the mask thing I, I always thought was was a little goofy like wearing a mask is always it's very, it, it's very icp to me it's very it's, it's just eh. so dumb Whatever it's, it is, is dumb. Like we're not children, but then I don't know. Like the whole persona that he adopted, because again, I didn't know a lot about MF Doom, and I still don't. But I think the whole persona he adopted of putting the mask on to hide who he is from everybody else because of the hurt, I guess, from his brother mm-hmm. dying. I think that's I think that's pretty solid. That's cool. I dig it. It's weird too. I, I just looked it up, and there's been still been no uh, cause of death, and he died back in on halloween so i don't know it, it seems weird that then the family nobody's come out with a cause of death i mean just to speculate here and this is purely speculation and 
obviously because we're talking about his brother dying and how sad he was the worst the worst possible thing you could think of comes to mind but i mean yeah. this this could be like a suicide thing you know like this could be a a depression induced suicide and yeah definitely and that's probably why maybe why the family hasn't said anything or like padme he just didn't want to live oh my god don't, <laughs> don't do that you're a monster. Why are you laughing? You're awful. <laughs> you know why I'm laughing. Uh, one of the worst parts of those movies. Man, she still want to live no more. Right. <laughs> she's All lost right. the will to live. That's yeah. what the fucking droid says. The fucking droid comes I up. I know and the tells droid. Her, tells the fucking droid. She's, the, she, she, the droid comes up and says, she's dying. And we and then they ask, well, why? And she's like, she seems to have lost the will to live. The fucking droid. The, the droid that's idiots. programmed to be rational, to only be like basically <laughs> textbook, to have no no type of like rational or ir- irrational thought in his head is the one that comes up and says that. I know. Oh, God, dude. There's some terrible parts in those movies. Not the original trilogy, but in the prequel and sequel trilogy. There's some terrible sure. parts in the original trilogy. No, there's no there's no such thing as a bad part in those movies. My uh my last my last pick here is my weekly mm-hmm. pick. My last thing I listened to. So I bought this I bought this Jesus comp from the local record stores. Ah, uh, yes. That's what I okay. Continue, it's it's called the the comp is called Electric Holy Land. And mm-hmm. it's a comp of just nothing but late 60s, early to mid 70s Christian psychedelic rock. And with the limited info that I could find online, I guess there was a big movement of Christian psychedelic rock in the late 60s to early to mid 70s. But it just so never weird. went anywhere. It just never went anywhere. Kind of makes sense, though. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, 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 art, the group that I chose is called Earthen Vessel. Earthen Vessel. Earthen Vessel. The song's called I've Been Walking. This is from their only album, 1971. It's called Hard Rock slash Everlasting Life. <laughs> so lame. Fucking but, stupid title. <laughs> but dude, like these guys, apparently, I, I found I found like one article on these guys that was supposedly written by the guitarist, Dave. And then just Dave. One name. Yeah, just Dave. I, I didn't write his last name. So Dave... Oh. Dave said that they they used to tour in a bus, and like like the uh, not like probably not like a, like a school bus, but maybe like a Volkswagen bus. Yeah, and that's kind of what I figured. The last the last third of the bus was like roped off as like a dressing room slash bedroom for their female singer, and then the middle part was like where everybody else slept, and then the front seat obviously was for the driver. But he said they 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 toured in a bus, and all of their equipment was furnished by a company called West Laboratories because Dave used to work for West Laboratories. But West Laboratories okay. also furnished all of the equipment for Grand Funk at the time. What? Yeah, that's so, a weird connection. So like these guys Are they from Michigan? I can I don't know I can't find anything. They're from fucking huh. Mars, dude. I don't know. <laughs> But but so, like so, Dave Dave also went on to do go like after this band disbanded, he went on and joined the Air Force, and then eventually went to law school, and then wrote this article online, which I read. But he he says in his article that he does he legit does not know what happened to anybody else in this band. That's so bizarre. When was that article written? <laughs> I didn't write that down either. <laughs> okay. Well, regardless, that that's still really bizarre, and it seems, but it also seems like very much of that that era where. It kind of like when it reminds me of the Sandlot at the very end of the movie, where where he's talking about each guy and where they went, and then he talks about I forgot which 
the, the really tall friend. And he's like, yeah, nobody knows what happened to him. And it, oh, I, I think his name was like Vern or something. He got lost in the 60s. Yeah, he got lost in the 60s and nobody knows what happened to him. That's yeah, kind of what that is. Tall kid with the glasses. Bert, uh, Bert, Bert, Bertram. Bertram. It's Bertram, right? Was it Bertram? I don't remember. He, he, was like, he had like one of the smallest roles as the friends. Yeah, he was a tall like he, kid. He had glasses, really dorky looking, yeah, like your typical really dorky. dorky yeah, Bertram. He got lost in the 60s. Nobody, nobody ever saw him again. Yeah. Dude, that movie's so good. Fuck, man. That's a good movie. I got to watch it again. <laughs> Perfect movie, honestly. Perfect movie. That's a top three movie for me. Really? Yeah, easy. Damn. Okay. It's perfect. I'm gonna, I, I might watch it tonight, actually. That's, that's good. Oof. Okay. Um, so should I play this song from yeah. Ripping Vessel? Yeah. Okay. Throw, throw it up. Here's, a, here's the song, uh, I've, I've Been Walking by Earthen Vessel. There it is. I've been walking. I've been walking by Earthen Vessel from the seventies, from nineteen seventy-one. Yeah. I I knew I recognized this the name of this band, but yeah, it makes perfect sense. It came from that comp because that comp was so good. <laughs> I was shocked. That was so good. And I, after listening to that new wine record that we got, that I, was see that like <laughs> such a surprise. I I haven't been that kind of surprised and, and almost blown away by a genre of music in quite a long time. Yeah. And to, that one. Yeah. <laughs> and to know there was this, this, I don't know, this era of Christian psychedelic rock. Cause it's just, it seems like an oxymoron. Yeah. Right? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. 
but it's so but it, fucking good. Arguably the best of the psychedelic rock era. Yeah. The, I, I was I was just so, so I I don't know. I don't even know what to say. It was just <laughs> a, it just it came out of nowhere and it was just I remember you and I listening to it and we were just kind of like we were looking at each other just and what then the saying fuck? to each other like like how is this this good? Like how is it how do we not know about this? It, it's unreal. <laughs> it's fucking unreal. And that that new wine record Dude, I swear it sounded like they were just reading from the Bible. Like their lyrics were yeah. just, they were reading from the Bible. <laughs> oh, it's so cool, man. Where, and where did you, where did you get the comp? Was it uh, Nichols? Yeah, it was at Nichols. It was there for like weeks and weeks and weeks. And it was, it was like 15. And I kept forgetting to look it up at home because I, I didn't put it into my stash. Mostly because it was like a Jesus or a Christian inspired psychedelic album and i was like oh you know i'm fucking yeah i hate religion oh i'm a cool guy <laughs> and so, so cool, yeah. yeah so I, that was like me at the time still <laughs> <laughs> but i was it says in the, that what no what were you I, I, I was just in a mood so i picked it up for and he gave me a discount on it because we were talking about it for a minute and i was like yeah dude i told him what i just told you and he's like, yeah, no, no, no. You know, he talks. He's like, he gets all excited. He's like, yeah. yeah, no, no, no. It's really good. It's really good. He's like, don't trust, trust. I'm the biggest hater of like Christianity. And so, okay, I didn't ask for that, but okay. <laughs> he's like, but it's really good. It's really good. You'll love it. You'll love it. Oh, man, it was good. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, I'm looking it up on Discogs right now. And most of the most of this record, the Earth and Vessel record, is uh, like the cheapest it goes for is $54 after shipping, but it comes from France. But yeah, everything everything comes from overseas. Which is unfortunate. I feel like for the past like thirty, forty years, Europe has just been hoarding all of the good American vinyls. Yeah, yeah, I could, I can, yeah, I could see that. And now they're they're taking over the vinyl world. <laughs> oh man, I would love to have this record, this <laughs> Earthen Vessel record. I mean, I want that so comp good. too, the comp that you have. So if you ever see it again, you know, be sure to you know pick it up for me. But. You know, I, the, so there's a record store here, that, which you've been to, the White Rabbit record store. And I remember when we first started collecting, I was talking to him one day, and, and I remember him telling me that he was super into psychedelic rock. Like, that is his genre. And he gave me a bunch of recommendations, and of course, I'm an idiot, and I didn't write them down. And it just went, went in one ear, went out the other. So I'm thinking of, like, because I haven't been there in months and months, but I'm thinking of going there and hitting him up again, see what he knows, and see what he has there. Cause I think he might. I think he has a pretty big psychedelic rock section too. Damn. Uh, yeah, I, I I just thought of that, but I remember him talking about how psychedelic is is his thing. Like I thought, I so. thought I knew psychedelic. Like I was, I was getting into the really eclectic, like live performances of Grateful Dead and extended improvisation. Like good psychedelic and, rock. Well, that's debatable, but <laughs> I, I just, I don't know, man, just. This this just threw me for a loop. I just didn't I didn't know what to think about this. Yeah, it's pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. So you got anything else on this band? No, that's it. That's it. That's all. It also says they are from Michigan. In nineteen they were a band in nineteen seventy one in Lansing, Michigan. So that matches up well with the Grand Funk thing. Yeah. But anyway, uh should we get into my shit real quick? Dude, get into your shit real quick. You should have a lot so of I got shit a lot now. Of, I have, I have a lot of shit, but I'm, I'm only going to go like extensively into some of the stuff, but most of it I'll just, I'll run through super quick. Okay. Uh, but the first one, I mean, we got to talk about it first because it is the most exciting part of this. Uh, I got the, the Mars Volta box set. Oh, that's right. Are, and, we, are uh, we allowed to talk about that? Can we talk about that? 
we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Okay. The people who shouldn't know, they don't listen. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, no, I got the box set and you and I listened to barely got the box set, barely got it. Yeah. Barely got it. Uh, you and I listened from Tremulant all the way through Bedlam and Goliath. Um, and then when I got home, I, I listened to Octahedron and Nocturnicate. And then I listened to, you know, Francis a few times. I listened to Amputexture like three times. Why? So, because it's the best record. It's one of the greatest records ever made. Amputexture is. But it's a killer box set. I mean, it, it is. it was pricey. And now that they're doing individual releases, I overpaid. But well, I got not, two pins. Not I got really. two pins. No, not really. Because if you add up the cost of all of the records that they're putting out, it's like mm-hmm. 450 460 no, I think it's like four. I think it's like four ten. No, it's like four fifty, four sixty. I just, I literally just did it today. But, <laughs> but you're getting the box set, the booklet, and then there's uh the the two singles and the two pins. Oh, the but pin I mean, the, can... the pins are the are the, are the are the butt of the joke. But, but you yeah. know, you you get the actual box set. So for an extra sixty dollars, I guess you're getting the box portion of the box set the pins yeah. the singles and the booklet the, the booklet's fucking dope dude the booklet is cool yeah the only thing I, that i was disappointed by the booklet oh no the only thing i the only thing about the booklet i was disappointed in was that they did there are no pictures from like after the francis the mute era so like there's nothing with thomas pridgen in there nothing with i think there's like one picture of d'antony like they were obviously very selective of what they put in there and they were tried very hard not to put certain people in there or at least not put them in there a lot. And I thought that was kind of shitty. That is kind of shitty. I really, I, yeah. I mean, I, I was like, dude, there's so much history to this band and there's so many like awesome band members that came in and out of the band, but they primarily focused on like obviously Omar and Cedric. And then they focused a lot on uh, Jeremy, 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 uh, even like John Theodore, he's not in it a lot. He's not in it a ton. Juan is barely in it. So I don't know. I was really surprised by that. I thought it was going to be more of like a, an expansive history book or history like picture book, but it, it really wasn't. It really only focuses on like the first four, maybe five years of the band. I mean, and to exactly. be fair, to be fair to the consumer, we are making like mountains out of molehills anyway because there were so many balls dropped for the, this release. Fuck. There were so many missed opportunities yeah. for this release. This dude that ran clouds Hill is a fucking nincompoop when it comes to customer service. Arguably one of the worst <laughs> persons I've ever encountered bad. in my life. So like, this is, <laughs> this has just been one long shit show after another. So the yeah. fact that we're like praising this box, it is just because, you know, the music is that good. Some of the, Honestly, some that, of the music is, is half of the music is that good. Yes, yes. Dude, you're the worst. Sometimes I swear to God. Dude. Yes. I just, but it, regardless, it, I mean, what you heard and what we listened to at your place, I mean, it, it, it's it sounds fantastic. It's so good. Well, I I, so good. I had no problem dropping two hundred and sixty dollars when they released all the individual ones without yeah, even the hesitation. Even just, yeah, you, I was surprised you you did like you're not one to drop that much. Especially on a on a new record, that was that was shocking to me. I did. Sometimes, sometimes good knows good. That's it. I guess sit sit. But I am happy that the scalpers got fucked. So that's one good thing because they're not going to make any money. Um, but uh, so yeah, I got that one. Uh, Mars Volta 
live EP that you picked up for me from Grace a while back. Got that. We listened to that while I was out there. I mean, it's a great it's a great live record. The vinyl is a bootleg, but the recordings themselves aren't. They were they were on CD and it it was an official release, which is not on vinyl. So that was a cool pickup and you should pick it up from Grace, Jeff, because it's there was one there when we were when I was there out there. So you should Yeah, I know where it is. Yeah, it's up on the wall. You should <laughs> you should go get it. Uh, and then the, this, this next one, I know you really wanted and you still really want, and that's a relationship of command from at the drive-in. Uh, so we, annoying. This was, this is the first thing we listened to when I came out to your house. We put like right when I got in, you, we just threw this right on the, on the, on the record player and yeah, dude, it's, it's so good. Original, original press from 99. Ah, dude, I'm so stoked about it. I'm so it's stoked. So annoying. <laughs> I'm so stoked. I have it. The only, the only thing that's irritating only cause I paid I paid kind of a lot for it. The only thing that's irritating is part of the jacket is is worn, and that kind of irritates me. But outside of that, it sounds great. It's so good. It's, it's just one of those records that they they can charge essentially whatever the fuck they want for it because this the Omar is is anything it's attached with Omar good. is going to be expensive as shit. I know and that's it's annoying. So annoying. It's so fucking annoying. But yeah, so I got that one. Um, another one I picked up out there uh, on, you know, when we quickly went to, uh, what are we? Where the, oh, House of Views. No, I didn't pick this up from House of Views. Where the fuck did I pick this up at? Well, Grace, say I it, think. then I can tell you. Fucking Smashing Pumpkins, their record Adore. Oh, yeah, that was at Grace. That was at Grace. So I yeah. picked that one up. I, dude, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Pumpkins man through and through. So I love it. This is not one of my favorite Pumpkins records, but I still do love it. It's crazy. It's their second best, but it's fine. No, it's not. It's like their second worst. Uh, but anyway, yeah, no, I, I still love this record. I, I think it's really, really fantastic. And I, I, haven't, I, I don't know, maybe just because I have it on vinyl, I have a new appreciation for it. But I, I'm definitely going to be listening to it more. So uh, I got that one. Traded this one from you, uh, Light Grenades from Incubus. So I listened mm. to that one. I like this record. I mean, there are a couple duds on the album, but overall, I mean, the great, you know, makes up for for the couple bad songs on this one. So, I'm just dig I'm it. Just, I'm just happy that because I'm I don't listen to that ever. The only time I ever listen to that one is when one of Renee's friends comes over. She really, really, really likes Incubus. Yeah, and she always like, oh yeah, put put light grenades or put light grenades on because we'll listen to to fucking Warning before yeah. that. And then they'll say, oh, listen to Light Grenades or Morning View before that. And then we'll put Light Grenades on. I don't like that album that much. So it's it's nice that it'll go to somebody who will listen to it and appreciate it a it. lot more than I will because I just don't. I don't like that album. Man, there's some good stuff on here. Damn. Okay. Uh, so I got that one. I picked up Weezer's new record, Van Weezer. Got it uh, the day before it came out. Glass House. I went to Glass House on Thursday, last Thursday, and uh, picked it up. It's Neon Pink variant. And uh, I hadn't listened to the record prior to it. I, I took the gamble on this one, and uh, I think it's really good. I, I think it's it's a great because I didn't see this until after I read it, but it, it makes sense because the album was dedicated to Rick Ocasek, who produced Blue and uh, Everything Will Be All Right in the End, and it's also uh, dedicated to Eddie Van Halen. And you can hear so much Blue and Everything Is Will Be. I mean, it's just like. It's a perfect throwback to those albums, but also with the really big riffs that sound like Van Halen, which is really cool, which they do surprisingly well. So I think it's a, I think it's a solid record, and you have it too, but it has to be delivered from me by me. I, I haven't listened to it yet. I'm not going to. I'm going to hold out to the record. 
Do I, do I, I physically get it? You can do that, I guess. But I'll make it happen. I'll make it happen sooner or later. Sooner <laughs> than later. Sooner than later. So yeah, I got that one. Uh, I got picked up Blink's uh, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket just because I, I want it. And I, I'll eventually get the, the deluxe version, but I just want this record now. And then after I bought it, I looked it up and it made me really mad because the Mark, Tom and Travis show is really expensive now. And I've been, I'd been putting off getting that for a long time. And now I'm kicking myself for that. So I'm pissed off about that. I was going to trade you that one. You poo-pooed me away. You poo-pooed me. I know. I know. And it fucking pisses me off. So that's annoying. Uh, the next two, I picked up two Green Day records, one from House of Used out there in Arizona, and the other one from Glass House. picked up Warning out in Gla- at, o- at Glass House and Dookie at House of Used. Uh, I mean, these are, I mean, I love these records. Yeah. And you can't fuck, you can't fuck with that, those four, those four Green Day records. How Dookie, much, Insomniac, Nimrod, and Warning. How much did you get Warning for? 23? That's not 22 bad. 23. No, not bad at all. Like I, it was in the new arrival section. It was, it, it had just been put there. And so I, and I was the first one, first and only one in the store and it was a Thursday. So no, and it, even at, it, on the Thursday, nobody was, came in while I was there. Like maybe two people came in. So I picked up a lot of good stuff that day at Glass House for both you and you and I. So, uh, so yeah, I got, got those. Uh, I also picked up two Offspring records while I was out in Arizona. I picked up Ugh. Smash and Americana. Dude, Smash sounds good, but Americana sonically sounds so much better than smash it's so good oh my god dude it's so fucking good i mean so could have just given me the americana it's not a big deal or anything i'm just not gonna give it to you because i i bought it at grace because you didn't want to buy it like you you blew it well it it wasn't that like i didn't want to buy it it's just you know i I got i got feet of clay (laughs) i don't like buying stuff Uh, clearly you you don't know uh, so then the other one, let's see, what, what do I got next? I got Misfits, picked up their, their comp, Legacy of Brutality. This is the last thing I, I wanted to complete my Misfits collection because it has my favorite Misfits song on it and it has a bunch of stuff that from the Static Age sessions that were never really released except for like singles and stuff. So I picked up that, picked up that one. We listened to it while I was out there. I mean, you got to love the Misfits. And Danzig is a dick. He, re, he pretty much overdubbed and re-recorded everything on this record just to be a dick. <laughs> so... Um, so yeah, it's great. And American Nightmare is their best song. But um, let's see, what else do I got here? I don't here? know if that's oh. true, but okay. It is true. It's totally true. Um, Suicidal Tendencies got their self-titled, their first record from mm. you. Yeah, five bucks. Um, five there's like, bucks? Are you there's like one, so cheap. There's one loop in it, oh. but, but I haven't cleaned it yet. So there's that. And the one loop for $5... I'll take it. That's true. I'll fucking take it. Five I will take dollars. it. $5. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not complaining. Uh, let's see here. MC5, Kick Out the Jams, got that record. It does loop twice, which what sucks. What the fuck? Are you fucking serious? Yeah, it does. It, it's, it, but luckily, it's, it's like at the very beginning and like the very end. It was really weird. So it, it, was, it was during like crowd interact or like the, because it's pretty much a live record. And so it was during the crowd stuff, but there was, there was quite a bit of surface noise, but it only really came through during the quiet parts. And, but when they're playing the music, it's never quiet. So when they were actually playing, it wasn't, it wasn't bad at all, but the loops were, were a little annoying, but whatever. It's 10 bucks, right? I mean, to be fair. Yeah. 10 bucks is, is dirt cheap for that album. It's for that album. Yeah. 
That's never anything. Le- I've only seen it once, and it was sixty at all those, and all those is usually lower than everybody else. Yeah, I never see it below twenty five or thirty for a new copy, and I've never seen it used. So, and I think the most I've seen it for was like ninety, and that was for like an original press or some shit like that. Fuck. That's stupid. But and it, it's a great record. So go get into MC five. Uh, next one, Chase, their first record, right? Is their yeah. first one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, I mean, I liked it more than the the other one that I ended up giving you. But damn, dude, that that horn section is just too fucking loud. That's it's still, him, dude. It's, it, it's a great record, but damn, I'm, they got it. They got to like remaster, remix, not remaster, but remix the record to turn his ass down. But that'll that's, probably never happen. That's the, that's like Bill Chase. That's the guy. That's him. They're never. And then he fucking dies. So like, they're never gonna do it. It's just no. It's never gonna happen. Their three albums it, it are lost a, in the sands of time. It'll be. It would be such a better record had his his section been turned down, but. Whatever. What are you going to do? Uh, the next thing, Chamber Brothers, listen to this one. Oh. I mean, I, it blew me. It's blown me away. This record is so good. I, I need a cleaner copy, though, because the surface noise is kind of bad. And there were a couple loops on this one. But I'll definitely pick up a better copy of this one because this one was fantastic. The album Time Has Come. Uh, fucking great. So uh, bucks, the next though. one, yeah, three bucks. So I'm, I'm not complaining about the surface noise or anything like that too much but uh the next one super tram uh breakfast in america this one was free so because you've been you've been thrown out because the all the ones that loop are the ones i get you and so i just want <laughs> i just want everybody to know that is listening tyler's getting these phenomenal deals like chambers Bros. he got for I'm, three this super tramp he's about to spit out he got for free he I know, paid nothing I, for this so go ahead i know how many loops did you encounter no loops on this one. Oh my god a little bit of service noise, but no loops on this one. Uh, this one, uh, it, I mean, this, this record is fantastic, and I totally forgot how many fucking hits they, this band has, especially on this record. And it's such a shame. Like, it's one of the worst album covers of all time. One just, of the worst. It's just ugly and weird. It's, it's just terrible. I fucking hate it. And it just turns me off to this band so much. And, like, I don't even want to, like, at times I don't want to even listen to this record again because I hate the cover so much. <laughs> But the songs are there. The songs are just, I mean, it's super chat. Got to know these songs. Uh, the next one, Kansas, their live record two for the show. Uh, this was this was good. I'm going to keep it. I'm not going to purge it. It'll probably be the only Kansas record I'll ever have. Uh, never going to buy this studio record. Um, but it was good. But no <laughs> loops. No loops on this one. Surface noise, but no loops. This was, uh, so. this is my favorite. It's two for the show. This is my favorite Kansas record. It's a double LP. It's a live one. Um, this is this is uh, this is one I threw out there too. So if you don't like it, I'll give you the four bucks for it. Yeah, it's true. And I didn't Venmo you, no. I know, so I'm scared. Oh god, we got the <laughs> monkeys coming up, huh? <laughs> oh god. Okay, so then uh, Fistful of Dollars got that original soundtrack. Oh yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's not the original original soundtrack. It was it was done by another orchestra, but it's it's all there. It, I mean, I would like an original recording of that that soundtrack which i'll look out for in the future and then eventually purchase this one but this will do for now because i think these movies have some of the has some of the best soundtracks of all time outside of like star wars the best soundtrack can't you can't fuck with the soundtrack where did you buy this one at i bought it at uh aldo's it's like four dollars i think oh yeah so got that one killer stuff uh next one sun raw i got his live record or their live record horizon this was uh, 
recorded in Cairo, Egypt, and man, I was so disappointed. <laughs> I because I like Sunra a lot, and my my thing is like if I ever see him for f- fairly cheap, I'll buy it. So I got this one for I think sixteen, but and it's new, it's brand new, so there's no issues with noise or loops or anything like that. But uh, dude, the, uh, just the song suck. The album sucks. <laughs> it's just it's just noise. It, it's a noise record, really, and I just I that's just a genre I can't get into. There's very few moments where it's like more of like the bebop or the the hard bop jazz that or the kind of big band stuff he does or they do it was just just a lot of noise and i just i can't get into it so that sucks yeah i i'm super i was super bummed about it but you know well, I can't if you all, I guess. if you decide to purge it i mean Which i will I'm listen purge, to it yeah. I, i'll listen to it if i like it then we could do some trades exactly exactly so that's we'll, all right we'll do that we'll do that uh and you'll trade me uh oh, here uh, we go the mark tom and travis show for there it, it is all sound right. good okay. sound good that and uh, nine. There we go. Why not? Uh, let's see here. So I'm almost done. I'm almost done, I think. Stevie Ray Vaughan, second record, Couldn't Stand the Weather, came out in 84. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Stevie Ray Vaughan fan, one of my favorite guitar players. And I mean, this, this is so good. I I'm so I get so happy whenever I listen to his music. His, I mean, he's just, everything about his playing and his his the way his band play off of each other is just remarkable. They were remarkable back in the eighties before he died. So I got this one. Um, there is one loop in it. Oh my God. I will say that fuck? there is a loop in it, but I, ha- serious? but I haven't cleaned it. I haven't cleaned it yet. Are you so sure? Like we'll you need to, you, like, you don't need to adjust your fucking stylus to like, I pinch down you. harder. No. What the hell dude? So there, yeah, there was one loop in there, but I, I mean it was 10, it was $12 down from like, because I've only ever seen it for like 30, 30 and up. So for 12 bucks, not complaining. Yeah, other than that, other than that, there's, there's like, there's like no surface noise or anything. It's just like this one loop, the one loop that's it on, on the first side. So still good stuff. Uh, Focus picked up the fourth record. Hamburger Concerto came out in 74. It's not my favorite uh, focus record, but it's still solid. I mean, we've talked about them extensively in the past couple months, so that's good. Uh, next one picked up, finally picked up Black Sabbath Sabotage. I rarely ever see it in the wild, and when I do, it's new and it's always expensive. But this one was like I think eighteen bucks, so picked it up. And uh, yeah, we, you and I listened to it. Came up, oh, you and I listened to it when I was out there because I got it from Nichols. Uh, it's our sixth record. Came out in '75. There's a lot of shit going on with his band at the time, and it it makes sense why it was kind of a heavy one of their heavier records. And I think it I think it's fantastic. I thought it was great. I think I really liked it too. I, I was really impressed did, by yeah. it. Yeah, I remember you liking it a lot too. And then I I was reading about the album cover because you're like I hate this fucking oh, album dude, cover. And I was saying fucking trash album cover. I was saying I liked it because it's just so stupid and it's so weird and quirky. I, I I've always really liked it. And then I was reading about it, and people have said it's like considered one of the worst album covers of all time. <laughs> and then apparently they went in to go do a photo shoot to do the photo shoot, and they said, "Okay, we're going to dress you. We're, it's going to be the same concept with the mirror and everything, but you're going to be all dressed in black. So, so just like show up in like whatever. So they kind of like showed like fucking around. They showed up in like goofy clothes because they were expecting to change, but the costumes ended up not coming. So they just took the pictures anyway, and that's what the album we get. And then by the time they got the final results it was too late to change the the cover title because everything was in the process of going along and releasing. So they ended up having to keep this cover 
And then another reason why it was the whole album was called Sabotage because they were in this huge legal battle with all of all of the the record companies and all this, the managers. So they felt like everybody was trying to sabotage the band and the album cover was an example of like old managers sabotaging the band. So everything about this one was just a shit show. And they were super <laughs> pissed. I mean, it, it definitely makes sense. I'm I'm looking at the album cover now. <laughs> Fuck. Like why why does he even have those red pants? It said that those are his wife's. It says that they're his wife's, uh, like leggings, red leggings. But it, it but if somebody says, "Hey, Tyler, just show up and do your casual clothes. Show up whatever you want," you wouldn't you wouldn't <laughs> dress like an idiot. You just wear like comfortable clothes. I know. If you look at Bill, who's wearing the red, and then you look at Ozzy wearing that like gown, yeah, what and then the Tony fuck and is that? Tony and Geezer are dressed pretty normal, but Bill and Ozzy, they're fucking they're in, out of their minds in that picture. Dude, and Ozzy's got those like heels on, those whatever those <laughs> yeah. fucking things are. Damn, it's so this is so terrible. Yeah, I love it though. I think it's a I think it's a great album cover. I think it's so fucking weird. I love it though. <laughs> so there's that. Um and then Earth, this one you picked up for me and you regretted it the moment you did that. Uh it's Primitive and De- their album Primitive and Deadly. It's their eighth record, came out in twenty fourteen. It was recorded at the Rancho de la Luna, which is, you know, Josh Homme's place out in Joshua Tree. And, uh, dude, Earth, they're a good, like, stoner rock, doom metal band. They're just really good. And I, I'm totally stoked about it. I've, I'm a big fan of this band. And I know you'll pick up any Earth album that you come across, Jeff. So I hope I'm you just, find this I'm one too. done, I'm done picking up albums for you and then not just taking them for myself because it's just, why would you do that? <laughs> Because at the drive-in, the Earth, like these, I'm just gonna start. I'm gonna say, "Hey, do you want this?" You'll be like, "Yeah," and I'm gonna listen to them. Like, you know, I'm just gonna keep this now. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just annoying. <laughs> I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. <laughs> Fucking irritated. I don't care anymore. Oh shit. Okay. Uh, the next one, Slipknot picked up their last, their newest record. We are not your kind. Mainly because I'm just afraid that this album is gonna be out of print sometime soon, and I won't be able to get it for cheap. So I had to pick it up. And I love this record, and we listened to it, and I think you thought it was okay. I don't think you really had much of a reaction to it. I think like the but, the highs, like the high parts on this, like the fast, the heavy, the slipknot sounding parts of this were really, really good. But some of those slower songs were pretty atrocious. Yeah, th- there's a lot of like, there's a ton of interludes and and weird moments on this record. But I, I, it does it. It has a place in the record, and I don't know. I've I've liked this album a lot since it came out. Uh, let's see here. The Ventures, their, their album Ventures in Space. I got this one for a few bucks from Aldo's. This is really good. It was really good surf rock. It, it was a little trippy, but it worked really well. And I, it's good surf rock through and through good surf rock. So, uh, the next one, The Monkees. You gave me this one, the album Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones. Fourth record came out in 67. I thought this record was really good. Uh, but I I don't understand why you like it. It doesn't make any sense to me why you like it at all. Dude, I I tell you why. I think I think this is this is the best psychedelic pop record that's ever been written. You're such an idiot, dude. Like, the it best. Makes, it makes it makes no sense because all you do is talk shit on the Beatles. The best and Jerry. Literally, literally the the monkeys were created as like an like the American version of the Beatles. That's exactly what they were. The monkeys like, are they're a fake. Joke. They're not. They're they're not. What the monkeys are a joke, but this is the exactly. first album that they did that the record label allowed the monkeys to play, to play their, their instruments. instruments and do but they what didn't the write monkeys the songs. did. 
But they didn't write the songs. But you don't know what they didn't write, though. Like you don't know. No, about, but they, like, they, if you but, look but, at like, all the songwriting credits, they didn't write any of them. Yeah, or they, they had like co-writing like on two or three songs. But like pacing changes, things like that, like tempo changes, uh, harm changes, things like uh, things that make this uh, elevate this from just a pop record to a psychedelic pop record. You don't know who <laughs> did and did not write those parts. But yet. But yet you don't get into Revolver. You don't get into... I like Revolver. Rubber Soul. You don't... don't, You you don't... You literally just named two out of the three Beatles records that I like. And I bought Rubber Soul once, but didn't have Nowhere Man, so I got rid of it. (laughs) And I own Sgt. Pepper's, and I like Revolver. I had Revolver, but for whatever reason, I I got rid of it. For whatever reason, you like like this record, but not the Beatles. That boggles my mind. There's even one... There's one song on here... That the the melody is exa- is a Beatles song. It is a Beatles song. Like they should have been credited for the song. Dude, I I still listen to Sgt. Pepper's like on the regular. I, every time I listen to Pet Sounds, I I always listen to Sgt. Pepper's. Or if I listen to Sgt. Pepper's, I always listen to Pet Sounds. It's just it, back to back. I always do both of them. Always, fucking mind. You're always. Mind. All you do is talk shit on the Beatles. Because the all Beatles, you, all you've ever done. Because eighty five percent of the Beatles are fucking overrated. They're a joke. But dude, Revolver's yeah, yeah. decent. Revolver is decent to good. Rubber Soul's good. It's it's really good. I like it. And Sgt. Pepper's is really good. <laughs> Everything else is, I think, is just trash. <laughs> okay, you're out of your mind. The Beatles are trash. Oh, I don't give a fuck. But anyway, th- this Monkey's record, it is really good. So I'm keeping it. I I was very surprised by it. But yeah, it's it's bootleg Beatles. I mean, through and through, it's bootleg Beatles. You can't you can't deny that. This is better than everything the Beatles have ever done. No, it's not. No, except it's not. for Sgt. No, Pepper's, not. Rubber Soul, no, and, and no, it's not. Revolver. No, it's not. Dude, no, the Beatles' not. first four albums were like just <sighs> the same fucking. There's just trash. Get out of here, you get little pop here. act. Fucking get the fuck out of here. Bunch of cucks. The Beatles are a bunch of cucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they are. Okay, uh, so Gorillas. I got their their best record. The Fall came out in uh, I think 2011 or 2010. This record's really great. It's it's way more electronic based. The whole story behind it was really cool because they they he wrote the whole album while they were on tour and he recorded the whole album while they were on tour on an iPad. So everything you hear on here is from an iPad, and I think that is super fucking cool, especially at the time like the very that's like the early days of the iPad, like GarageBand, and they created this like awesome fucking record with it. And I just I think it's one of the the most. It's so laid back and it. I love it. I love this record. So I'm super happy I got it. You picked it up for like I think 15 bucks or something like that at Grace, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was Grace. I love this record. Easily their best. Okay. Um, and then Ratatat picked this one up for me too from Grace. The I classic record. About that one, dude. It, I love this record. I mean, dude, it's another Electra- loud pipes, Wildcats. Like this is a fantastic record. Great electronic record. All instrumental. I mean. It's, I've got nothing else to say. If you don't know this record, go listen to it. Uh, and then kind of pick, kind of going off with the Ratatat stuff too, I've listened to Kid Cudi, Man on the Moon, who Ratatat, you know, contributed some stuff to. And uh, some of the best songs on the record were the ones with Ratatat. So Man on the Moon from Kid Cudi. We've talked Where'd about you, that. We've done it on the pod. Who got you what? that Ratatat one though? You did. Who, you, and, who, you, and, and who got you the Kid Cudi one? <laughs> you did, yeah. So what? No, I'm just saying. Yep. I'm just saying. Did they skip? You know, it's Did they crazy. loop? That's what I was gonna say. No loops on on any of these records. So that's great. Is that what you wanted me to say? You wanted me to? Yes, because because whenever I get it? you, whenever well, you actually didn't say <laughs> me ever, but whenever I get you a record and it loops, you're always like, oh, this fucking loop, this fucking skip. 
Well, these three didn't. These three didn't. And dude, I really um, try. Like, like besides know, all I those, know. I really, I really do pull them out. And I look at them, and I try not to buy unless it's like the three dollar bins. I don't fucking check them. It's whatever. Yeah, but I and cannot, like you said, a lot of the looped ones are ones that were free or super super cheap. So I just cannot believe that fucking um, Stevie Ray Vaughan one looped. Eh, that irritates me. It's the way she goes. It's the way she goes. Oh, and the MC Five. That fucking irritates me too. <laughs> Uh, this next one didn't loop, thankfully, uh, and it's Jedi Mind Tricks, the the psychosocial record. The one oh, I the, one, the one you stole from me, yeah. Well, I didn't steal from you because I gave you some pretty solid records yeah, for it. That's the uh, yeah, so I listened to it. No skips, thankfully. The red, the color. The I red know variant. there's no fucking skip because that's for my personal collection. I did you a personal <laughs> favor, <laughs> like you Uncle did me Leo. A favor? That's from that's from Seinfeld. Uncle Leo said that. No, too. I I know, but I I didn't have to give you the the, the DJ Jazzy Jeff one, but you know. Trade is a trade. The way she goes, boys. Dude, then I was super excited to get. I was like, "Oh fuck yeah!" This other DJ Jazzy Jeff one, Tyler. This that, that the one oh, I was yeah, yeah. the one I thought about getting you was your second favorite one, that, and we ranked it. But then yeah. I got hosed on it. Yeah, you did. You you done blew it. You I blew did. it. But yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You got Jedi mind tricks. He's uh, Jigglo, it's good. Jigolo Tony, Jigolo. ice cold. You know, the, we we talked about him earlier when when because we've got you know the same same guy, Jigolo Tony, great stuff. And then that leads into my my last one, my pick of the week, Frank Zappa, the album Zoot Allures. Uh, I've always been wanting to get into to Frank Zappa for years and years, but I never knew where to start because he has like I don't fucking sixty records or some shit like that. A hundred records. Yeah, and they're all like so weird and quirky and just bizarre. So I just didn't know where to go. <laughs> As was and, the song. Yeah, and the song, but so we out of the the one of the big bundles we bought over the last few months this was in it and i this is the one i wanted and dude it's it's great it's his 22nd album came out in uh, october 1976 zappa pretty much plays everything on it except for the drums and terry bazio plays the drums if you don't know who he is look up his goddamn drum kit because it's insane but this album is really good that it has i think four instrumental songs and they're 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 so good like his guitar playing is Oh my god, it's it's so great, and it's some of the the instrumentals are really really bluesy, and then he has like the weird songs like this one, which is my pick of the week. It's uh what what is it? Wait, wind uh wind up, wind up working in a gas station. It's it's more of like a faster punk driven song, just with weird ass vocals, but it's really cool and it's really fun. But it's so like half the record is this, and the other half is is like really cool instrumentals. What so, would you? Knowing what this sounds like, would you pay ten dollars for this record? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I would for sure. Would you pay twenty for a used record no, like this? No, no, no. I I don't think I'd ever pay more than like ten. I mean, I've only heard this record in its entirety, but yeah, I would never pay more than ten for it. Oh, you're just kind of gauging where where you're at because uh, I mean, this song was was like really good, but it I don't was. know. I don't know how much I could listen to this over and over if it was like yeah. this over and over and over. It's not though. They're like the the song, I was debating on doing this song or the song after this, which is Black Napkins, and that's that's like a I think it's six or seven minute instrumental, and it's super bluesy at times. Oh. It's a really good one. So that the, those are the two I was going back and forth on, but then I chose this one. Okay. Uh, because Black Napkins, you kind of have to get the feel of the entire song, but this one you get it right off the bat. So here's a here's Wind Up Working in a Gas Station from Frank Zappa. <laughs> This song might offend you some. If you got a 
There it is. Wind up working in a gas station from Frank Zappa. Probably one of the shortest songs on this record. And I mean, hearing this song, you can hear how a lot of bands have been influenced by this guy, like the Vandals, especially even like this song reminds me of system of a down at points. It's, it's crazy. Like so many people say Frank Zappa is an influence and I can totally hear it. Totally hear it. Well, I mean, first of all, when you make a thousand fucking records, it <laughs> makes sense. Too. But even yeah. like, like, I mean, this was what, what, what year? What year was this one? Uh, seventy. What, what did I? Uh, seventy six. Okay, so like, because because I hear I hear some like Pixies in there, like vocally, I hear I hear some Pixies in yeah. there, like um from Surfer Rosa, and that was that was like late eighties, so I, yeah, I, I I definitely hear that influence in them. And I, I just think because of Frank Zappa's like quirkiness, I just everybody like anybody who wanted to make music outside of the norm is going to be influenced by Frank Zappa. But I mean, is that just because he made so many fucking albums? Well, I mean, he was also really talented, and he was a very smart guy too. Like reading more about him, he was he was he was very intelligent, and his music was very intelligent, even at times when it seemed like it was just pop or pop punk or just pop music. It was still very intricate because if you listen to Terry Bozio's drums in this song, they're weird. They, they're just super trippy and it wouldn't make sense for like any normal punk band to do that. But it, it is a punk song. So he's, I don't know. He's much deeper, I feel, than than like the average person would give him credit. There's just, cool, man. There, there's so much to get into with the Frank Zappa. And that's, I mean, that's why I've never, I've never dove into that, that pond because it's, it's too deep. You don't deep. know where to start. Yeah, you just don't know where to fucking start. It's and then like I've, I've tried looking online, like saying, like what's the I'm typing in Google, like what's the best Frank Zappa to start out with, and then you'll get like ten people all saying different records, so you just <laughs> really don't know. And then you'll see like the top ten Frank Zappa records, and then they're all pretty much different, or they're all have their top ten for different reasons, and it's just like okay, this doesn't help me at all, not at <laughs> all. But yeah, it's tough. It's tough with this guy, but. Damn, I like this record. So I, I think I'm going to start exploring around this, like the the years around this. So like maybe like 76 to like 78 or 79 and see kind of like what I like. three or four years. Well, that's probably, I assume that's like five records. records. Deep. Yeah, I'm sure that's like five records right there. So I'm going <laughs> to start start getting into that. So yeah, that was my pick, Frank Zappa and the, the album Zoot Allures. So good cool. stuff. Yeah. Uh, so let's see here. We got some new music that came out this week. Uh, new record. Wow. Where are my notes? There they are. Oh, uh, new record from Weezer. Like we were talking about Van Weezer. I think it's really good. I think it's a fantastic record. Top five Weezer, I'd say. At this Damn. Point. Yeah, no, it's, I, I really enjoy it. I really, really enjoy it. The melodies are there. The melodies are there. The, the guitars are there. Like it's what you want from Weezer. Like it's what they're best at. The heavy guitars and melodic vocals, melodic songs. I, I, I that's said, what makes Weezer Weezer. I know? said like damn as if that would be like a stretch, but it's really not. Like that's, I mean, there's like three or four Weezer. There's for sure two Weezers that are untouchable in the top two. And then, yeah. you know, there's like another two that are interchangeable. And that last spot is definitely interchangeable. Yeah. So I, I'd say top okay. five. All right. I'd, I mean, this is, I think I've listened to it three times already. Mm. So yeah, it's, re- I really dig it. Uh, let's see. MF doom put out a new record, I guess. Th- wait, this is the one with Zarface, right? Yeah. Oh, super what? Yeah. I, I listened to this one. Yes. Uh, two days ago. I couldn't get into it. Did you listen to it? Yeah. 
Did you like it? Yeah. I I don't know. It was like it was like too for me it was like too mainstream hip hop. I just, I couldn't I couldn't get into it for whatever reason. It just wasn't for me. I mean, it was What do you it think, was, what do you think uh, about it? I feel the same. I I think I think it kind of um I think you th- you think that and it was that because of the people that were on it like run or uh, like DMC's on it um Del the Funky Homo Sapiens on it there's a couple other well-known MCs that are on this album so i think it's it's getting like his his lo-fi MF Doom's lo-fi approach to hip hop is getting a little bit lost in the production here but some yeah. of the stuff he did with Sar- with the uh, Zarface is not is not like lo-fi 36 chambers Operation Doomsday. Yeah. It's 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 way more pieced together, but this is this is good. I liked I liked um, it a lot. It was okay. Would you get it on vinyl? Yeah, I would. I, I like would. Thirty five bucks though. Yeah, if 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 I saw this like brand new at Grace for twenty, I'd buy it. But I I wouldn't pay more than twenty for this. No, definitely not. Definitely not. It's it's, it's nothing. But I know that on the unique. website it's going for thirty five. Yeah, pass. Yeah, I, and I'm sure once it, it hits stores or once it. It has already hit stores. I'm sure it's at least 35 to 40. There's no way it's it's less than that. Not for a new record. Not a new hip-hop record. No way. Uh, let's see here. New songs. Atreyu put out a, put out a new song called a, T- a Catastrophe coming off their new record, Baptized in June. It's It sucks, man. New Atreyu sucks. But I'm going to keep song, talking about it. This song it wasn't bad. This song wasn't terrible. It's it one was, of the better ones. Yeah, but it's, it's still not good. This was th- this was funny because it was playing, and I was like, okay, this is not bad. Like I kind of like this. And then it went into the the other one with Travis Barker, like right yeah, after. Yeah, oh, dude, that song is terrible. And I was like, oh shit, that is like we're talking <laughs> night and day between this song of the week <laughs> and so that song because that song is trash. This song is okay. It's it's yeah. alright. Yeah, I just I don't I I don't like it. I don't like the Brandon Soller show. I it's not my not my cup of tea. Bring Alex back. Stop working with Feldy. Write better songs. Um, let's see here. Andrew WK put out a new song called "I'm in Heaven." Uh, I forgot what the name of the new record is, and I forgot when it's coming out. But I think it's in the next month or so. Uh, I th- it was okay. This right? It wasn't like I was hoping for more rock, even because this is supposed to be like another rock record of his, and I was I was expecting more, but. I honestly forgot that I was listening to this because after the Atreyu song and then putting this one on and this one, this one's not very long, but it's almost four minutes, but the yeah. last half of it gets really good. But the first half of it's kind of just like, it kind of trudges along. Like it, it's, it's like an endemic. extension of the Treyu song. And I was just like, what the fuck yeah. it, did, did I click it again? So I was a little <laughs> confused. So it was, it was okay. It's, it's all right. Yeah. Uh, the next one, Jim Ward. Uh, he's the old guitar player from At The Drive-In and Sparta. He uh, put out a new song called I Got A Secret. I think it's good post-rock music. I, I thought it was good. I This is the only song out of all these that I, I liked. So I, I yeah. also like this one, but I cannot remember what it sounds like. No, same here. I don't I don't At remember all. the melody. I don't remember the riffs. But I remember liking it. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a song that's only good when you're listening to it. Yeah. That's it. But... So I enjoy it. I you didn't like the other two? Well, I for no. sure you like Modest Mouse, but that's fine. Yeah, Modest Mouse put out a new one called We Are Between. I just, I'm not a modest man, so I just, I can't do it. I just don't, I don't get this band. I don't get it at all. Oh, that's so good. I don't, I, I don't know why they're, I don't know why they're so popular. Because they're, they're so good. good. I, mean, I, don't, I don't see it. I don't hear it. 
I don't hear it, man. But they're just dude. They're really I, fucking like good, it. like indie rock. They're just like arguably like the best. It's a three, especially like their first two albums, just a three piece. And their drummer is really fucking good. Their drummer's just really good at at being calm, but adding mm-hmm. a lot of like intricate fills. Okay. In a yeah. way that like Travis Barker should be, but never was. <laughs> never will be. Or will be. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Modest Mouse is they've I just I've always found them really boring. I like I understand, you know, they have intricate parts and and this and that, but I don't know, they're just they're boring to me. It's like the strokes. I they're boring. Oh, dude, you're just now you lying th- now I know you're lying through your teeth. <laughs> it's true. The <laughs> strokes are not good, dude. The strokes are so overrated. My Chemical Romance overrated. It's just all these bands, man. Overrated as shit. Uh the last thing here, bowling for soup. New song called Getting Old Sucks, but everyone's doing it. Bowling for Soup, what you what you expect from this band? Nothing the, more, nothing less. Dude, this is a band that has been dishing out pop punk hymns since 95, okay? That's crazy. It's yeah. like they're, they're, they're big, they're big hit, they're big, um, their, their breakthrough album, I guess, was their like fifth or sixth album from 2004 or five when we graduated. That's crazy, yeah. The one with 1985 on it? Yeah. Like that was like their fifth fucking album. Like these guys have been pumping out like solid pop punk tunes since '95, and this is still a solid pop punk tune. It's not great. It's good. It's, it's not good. setting any records, but fuck, man, this is a good song. Agreed. I I thought it was good. Not good enough to play, but it was good. I, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so you got anything else? Any other? Anything else you want to talk about, or you want to? End no. It? That's that's it. That's a, that's it. That's all. All right. So yeah, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Listen to the main episode because we're getting into Boston's Boston, their first record, and we're also going to rank all six of the records. So that's a fun one. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's all. Cool. Do